This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. Thanks for staying tuned. We are, of course, The Morning Run with Keith Kam and I'm Wong Xiaoning. It is 7.36, Monday, the 5th of February. According to a joint report by Google, Tomasi and Bain, the gross merchandise value or GMV of Southeast Asian e-commerce expanded significantly from 11 billion US dollars in 2017 to 131 billion US dollars in 2022. This amounts to a cumulative annual growth rate of 64%. However, challenges remain as we witness e-commerce giant Lazada laying off 30% of its staff in Singapore and Malaysia earlier this month. Of course, this is on top of stiff competition from C-Limited, Shopee and TikTok shop in the region. Meanwhile, the Frankfurt-listed Delivery Heroes potential sale of the company's food panda business in selected markets in Southeast Asia are ongoing. The company quashed rumours that negotiations with Grab for the sale had collapsed. It is trying to divest its loss-making Southeast Asian business in efforts to reach profitability. So for some insights on the development in the e-commerce sphere, we speak to Jiang Gan Li. He is the CEO of Momentum Works. Good morning, Jangan. Now, like we said, the e-commerce landscape witnessed several challenges at the start of this year. We saw Lazada laying off a significant number of staff. Really, how will the industry fare as we head into 2024? Good morning and uh, happy Monday. Um, so, I think a lot of changes have happened in the first month of 2024, uh, but I would remain optimistic about the future of e-commerce um, because, I mean, simply that uh, the young generation of consumers uh, online and they are they are quite comfortable shopping online. So <clears throat> the question is, um, how can e-commerce players um, fulfill uh, this uh, online demand in a cost-effective um, and sustainable way? So, so as we can see uh, over the last two years, the TikTok shop has demonstrated that it can capture a growth stock of e-commerce, which um, consumers which have never shopped on other e-commerce platforms before. So, so I think I think there's still lots of opportunities. But uh, but the competition has certainly intensified, so that would allow uh, that would need um, the different players to actually calculate. I mean, what's their strength? What's their weakness? And how to um, capture that growth stock um, if effectively? But Jiangang, the we do mm. know that the Kega has been amazing for the sector, about sixty four percent. Do you think there's that e commerce has reached a saturation point in Southeast Asia then? I don't think it has reached a situation point. I think um, e-commerce as part of total retail in Southeast Asia is still much lower compared to China and the United States. Um, but what has happened over the last few years is that uh, because of the pandemic lockdowns, and lots of uh, retail demand was naturally driven to e-commerce. But now we have entered a new phase where um, the players need to be much more efficient to capture the growth stock. So the CAGR, I don't think, will be as high as um, the last few years, but there is still growth to be captured. Jiangkan, you mentioned uh, TikTok yep. Shop, which is uh, which is actually joining competition, and it has shown particularly strong growth. It uh, recorded a, a GMV of nine billion US dollars in the first half of last year alone. That's already close to half of what Lazada's is. So, how will existing players have to cope amid all these economic headwinds as well? Mm. I think if we go back two years, uh, when we look look, look at um, the e-commerce in Southeast Asia back in 2021, we would come to the conclusion that Shopee and Lazada will eventually form a duopoly. But what we didn't expect is that uh, a player uh, coming from outside uh, started to uh, aggressively capture market share. Um, TikTok has its natural strength, right? Because people spend, especially young people, spend a lot of time on TikTok. Mm -hmm. They don't have to uh, spend money to acquire customers. Customers are naturally there. 
So for the, the, the incumbents, Lazada, Shopee, and other players, what they need to do is to really understand what's the strength they have and what's the weakness they have and uh, use their strength um, against TikTok's weaknesses. Give you an example. So um, uh, in terms of live commerce, uh, I think it's very hard for any incumbent um, player to build uh, live capabilities as good as TikTok. But in terms of local understanding, local know-how, and uh, local operations, I think um, Shopee and Lazada have built a, a vast array of knowledge over the last few years, which is a bit hard for TikTok to copy over a very short period of time. Okay, let's look at another aspect of e-commerce, mm. which is the food delivery. So mm. Delivery Hero has quashed rumours that a potential sale of the company's food vendor businesses in selected Southeast Asian markets has collapsed. Do you, do, what's, what, what's the story behind this? What's the issue behind the delayed sale? And what other options does the company have? I think Delivery Hero um, indicated that, uh, sorry, excuse me, they, 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 they plan to divest Southeast Asia and other um, markets where they do not see a path to become market number one. Mm. Um, but the challenge is that uh, in Southeast Asia, we will look at um, the potential buyers that are limited, right? I mean, you have Grab who would be a potential buyer and you would have Meituan from China who would be a potential buyer as well. But both have been hesitant. Um, I think the the problems are mainly due to price and um, uh, the, the concern about competition watchdogs. Because if you look at um, um, Grab's acquisition of uh, local taxi company in Singapore, Transcap, it has been under the second round of review by the local competition watchdog. That would take another half a year. So, uh, so I think Grab and other players are very cautious about making a move, making an announcement. That would attract too much attention. But I think um, I think they do not want to completely give it up. So I would presume that they are still engaging, but they uh, at this juncture they probably can't reach agreement on price. Jangan, moving on to Momentum Works recently released mm. fourth annual report on food delivery platforms. Mm. Uh, you guys reported that the F and B industry had surpassed that of pre pandemic levels. What are the key trends do you think will emerge in twenty twenty four? I think I think some of the trends in 2023 would actually continue into 2024. Um, first, I mean the consolidation, right? I mean, mm. Food Panda would eventually give up uh, in Southeast Asia, and whether it shuts down completely or it was it would be taken over by Grab under some kind of blessing from from um, uh, regulators, different countries. So that's interesting to watch. And the second is the continuous entry of uh, Chinese FMB players. So uh, you, you guys in Malaysia, you have probably seen a lot of um, Chinese uh, F&B brands opening up new yeah. malls and stuff. And uh, I think this year, a lot of more Chinese brands are actually looking to uh, expand into Southeast Asia, including Malaysia. And how much of these challenges faced by these e-commerce players is due to the operating environment uh, in the sense of high interest rates? Mm. And I think there's been just a delay in monetization, be it a trade sale or even IPO. I do think the high interest rate has uh, has changed the strategy of lots of players because they couldn't raise money from the public market as easily as they did um, back in 2021. So that forced Shopee to scale down their, their, their operations, to scale down their incentives, to scale down their, their promotions. And at the same time, um, the competition came in and is partially also driven by um, the intensive com um, competition in China that some of the players actually spilled over into Southeast Asia. Mm. So I would say that... Um, um, it has become a war of attrition um, in a sense that no player can, can afford to just uh, just spend to gain market share. They need to uh, look a lot into their organization, their people, to make sure that uh, they are actually operating in an increasingly more cost-effective way. 
Is this also on the back of the fact that many of the e-com, well, any of the tech unicorns didn't debut very well after they went from the private to public markets? They are, <clears throat> sorry, excuse me. They are very much correlated, yes. Okay, and then do you expect these mm. players who are not listed to, to then be a little bit more conservative in terms of their timing for an IPO and the pricing? I think they have already been uh, more conservative of the last two years. If you remember, some of the unicorns in Southeast mm. Asia were planning to IPO uh, last year and the year before, and uh, but many of them have postponed their plans. Um, so when we enter in 2024, we still face a lot of uncertainties and uh, there's conflicts around the globe and uh, we are not sure how far, uh, how soon and how fast the Fed would lower the interest rates. So so I think many unicorns will probably still need to remain cautious and make sure that they are self-sustainable uh, in terms of uh, cash flow. All right. Thank you very much for your time. That was Jiang Gandhi, CEO of Momentum Works, giving us a bit of a, a background on what's happening in the e-commerce space. Definitely things are very, very different. Ironically, these players had the best of times during the pandemic and post-pandemic. Their fortunes seem to have dimmed slightly. Not to say that there's no growth. There is growth, but not at the same levels that we saw. But um, all these kinds of uh, consolidations where you might end up with a monopoly and Monopolies ultimately is not good for are not good for for the for for your regular consumers. Um, so I, I suppose this is this is one way of looking at it. Yeah. So mm. I think these players are a bit more conservative. It's true. Uh, Anti-competitive laws, for example, in Singapore, they don't want too few taxi companies. Some people have argued that here in Malaysia we also suffer the same fate because we really only have Grab when it comes to um, you know cars. Uh, there's not much alternatives. But I think the point is Southeast Asia definitely is a very sizable market. There's no denying that in terms of the, the population growth, the rising middle class, we have nearly 700 million people in this, in this area with over 50% of them below the age of 30. So they're all embracing technology, but we don't necessarily have that same high growth myth that we had. And with high interest rates, everyone is really being very careful with their cash burn. So it's a different era altogether. But up next, we'll be speaking to Hannah Pearson, founder of Pearson Anderson for updates on tourism in Southeast Asia. Stay tuned for that, BFM 89.9. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.